And welcome to Crosstalk on the CGMRadio.com network, where we bring together the hosts of the CGM Radio network to discuss the hottest and most pressing issues and whatever else might be on our minds for the day. And today we have a bit of a smaller group. With me is Jim Barrier from the Since You Asked podcast and me, Ryan Holland from World News Brief. Bob Siegel could not, as well as the other hosts, could not join us tonight, but Jim and I figured, what the heck, there's so much to talk about, and we love doing these crosstalks, and we hope you guys are blessed by them as well, so let's go ahead and rock and roll. So just want to shout out to the listeners of the Bob Siegel Show. This is Bob's Thursday, June 15th show, so I hope you don't mind. I know you've heard, uh, you hear Jim all the time. On the, on the Bob Siegel Show, uh, you'll hear my voice every once in a while on the Bob Siegel Show, so I hope that that is familiar enough for you to be interested in joining in our discussion. And Pastor Jim, there's a, a crazy Latin dancing solo down in Herald Square, oh, Havana. Oh, Havana, yeah. I've been searching for you everywhere. <laughs> Little little bill. You have the song queued up. <laughs> I don't. I wish I could. You know, this is podcasting, and they don't. They don't let us play the songs on a podcasting on podcasting. Right. Which only radio right. stations ha- have such privileges. But that, of course, is Billy Joel, Rosalinda's eyes. So a thing or two has been going down in Cuba, huh? Well, you know, there's an old story that I've told many times. But there was there was a lady from America uh, visiting as a tourist, and she was was in Havana. And uh, she asked her tour guide, what is the national pastime down here in your country? And he said, it's bullfighting. And she said, bullfighting, isn't it revolting? He said, no, that's second. <laughs> that, was, that was a lead into a little history here. Yeah. Give, give you a little brief history of, of, of Cuba, uh, which really begins after the Spanish-American War, 1899, Cuba became a protectorate of the United States, kind of like a territory. You know, we, we still have several down in that, that area, uh, but we, they were really kind of watched over by the United States. Um, and then they gained independence from the United States in 1902, so three years later, and became the Republic of Cuba. Uh, Following disputed elections, imagine that, disputed elections. Man, uh, good thing we don't have to deal with that here in the United States of America. Boy! Well, it's kind of strange how all these things happen, and then look at what's going on with us. But in 1906, uh, the first president in a disputed election, Thomas Estrada Palma, uh, was elected and then immediately overthrown. Uh, The United States intervened and occupied Cuba again until 1908 when Jose Miguel Gomez was elected president. Uh, And then they went through several presidents and in 1924, Gerardo Machado was elected. And shortly after that, five years after that, the Wall Street crash happened, which affected not only this country, but everyone around us. And Cuba just fell into an economic collapse because they depended so much on American economy and they fell on hard times, uh, which resulted in strikes and violence. Uh, and Machado was forced into exile. I think he went to the Dominican Republic. And I've been down there a couple of times. Uh, in 1933, he was replaced by Cespedes, who was replaced by San Martin, 
who was overthrown by Batista. And that's just, that's the, that's the way Boy. this country's been. Boy, well, yeah, Cuba, you know, Cuba, every season. A, that, is, that is a rough start. And it, not just a rough start, but just a rough go. It seems like from the well, beginning, it's been well, turmoil. Consistently up until that point. And so then um, Batista was the president. Um, that's a quote unquote, because we don't have a video for you to look at here. And in 1959, guerrilla fighters, a regime led by Fidel Castro, you've heard of him, and Che Guevara, who the um, the liberals love. Oh, man, he's, he's that uh, he, cool. He's a hero to them. Oh, he's that cool guy on, on all the shirts. He's got the cigar and the cool yeah, revolutionary yeah. hat, and he's kind of handsome dude and yeah. cool. And yeah, yeah, man, he's just cool. Che Guevara's just cool, Pastor Jim. You yeah. know, just, yeah, he's as cool as far as mass murderers go. Well, so, I mean... Uh, <laughs> But you really got to judge a guy in the context in which he lived. And, right, uh, yeah, it was all yeah. for a good cause. Yeah, yeah, well, it was so, justified. So, so Rivera and, and, and Fidel overthrew Batista, and that became to be known as the Cuban Revolution. That was the revolution, even though they'd been having them every few years for, for 60 years. And then, by the way, Batista and, and his followers, some 600 people, were executed because they represented the old regime. And they just came in and cleaned house and yeah. just executed people. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm glad things like that don't happen in our country. Shortly after that, Castro formed an alliance with the Soviet Union. Um, right about that same time as when Kennedy became the president here and American businesses were shut down in that country. There was the embargo, and there, and we we couldn't buy their cigars anymore, and they couldn't buy our washers and dryers. And and to this day, there are vintage automobiles in Cuba, up up to about the year 1960. All the 50s automobiles and stuff that they have a ton of them because they could never get any more. After yeah, that. I know that's what I hear that going to Cuba yeah. is kind of like traveling back in time to the 1950s and 1960s. But I will say of the trade. I would say we got the worst end of the deal by the fact that we can't get any more Cuban cigars, but I... Or baseball players. Or or baseball players. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Mm. You know, Fidel was a baseball player. Um, oh, yeah, I had always I said, that. you know, my solution, if, if you want to have the talk, if you want to get along with Cuba, just say, here's a deal. We will drop embargoes. We'll let you buy our appliances, uh, but you got to give us your cigars your vintage automobiles, and your baseball yeah. players. And we'll call it square. <laughs> Deal. Deal. Uh, anyway, so that that's kind of what we have grown up with. I remember the Cuban Missile Crisis. That was before your time a little bit. I remember uh, I had a single mom, and my mom had me loading sandbags in the basement, lining the walls, and stack, uh, stacking up canned goods and flashlights and candles uh, in, in case we went to war. The, the rich people all built real bomb shelters. Now, I, I lived in San Diego as one of the largest naval uh, bases in, in the country. And it would have been one of the first strike places. If, if we went to nuclear war, those sandbags were not going to yeah. help me. <laughs> kind of like, like getting under your desk uh, during yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. the air raid yeah. drill, to quote right. another Billy Joel song, right? Um, I remember those. I actually remember noon on Monday, the sirens going off and you get under your desk. Uh, but anyway, that was kind of what we grew up with, that tension. 
And of course, there was the Bay of Pigs in that fiasco, and there was there was uh, a lot of tension. And then there was the blockade, which was the Cuban Missile Crisis we're talking about. They found out using the um, uh, the U two plane, they discovered a missile base that the Russians had installed in Cuba. And uh, Cuba, by the way, at that time was the only communist nation in this hemisphere. And so it was scary. And it's just a stone's throw from Florida. And uh, so there was a lot of tension, a lot of fear. And, and I think that was really the beginning. Well, of and, the, the... And, and I think there's a lesson learned with the Cuban Missile Crisis, especially with the way that the, the Russians and the Cubans spoke about what they I mean they literally lied through their teeth oh, yeah. to us that those missiles were not what what we thought was there was not there and then I yeah. think if I remember correctly it came to a point to where they just couldn't deny it any longer because well, we had they, pictures yeah and that yeah. was the U2 was a, that was a spy right. plane right which and there was a a pilot Gary Powers was shot down over Russia flying one of those it's all stuff I grew up with um, but yeah, it was a scary time, and and the blockade was frightening, spectacular, sensational. Uh, this is JFK, who was the liberal uh, political leader, and he blockaded Russia from coming into Cuba. He lined up navy ships, U.S. navy ships, around the island, and said, "You're not coming through." I can't imagine. I can't imagine a, Repul- a Republican doing no. that today. No, but. Uh, so it was a different time, but it was a scary time, you know, for, for a young kid like me and, and uh, so, so whatever you, I could. So you, know, you as a young there. kid, you you felt, you remember feeling actual fear, anxiety from what was going on geopolitically. Like you were connected enough to, I guess if you're, if they're talking about it in school, if you're doing drills in school, you're getting sandbags and all of that. I mean, that's, I, I guess you are going to yeah. feel some, how, how old were you about at that point? I would have been uh, 10 years old when that happened and old enough to understand some things. Now, uh, my grandparents raised me for for several years, my formative years as a child. And my grandfather was an army colonel and then retired. And then he was the head of the local um, National Guard where we lived. And I remember one time they had an interview. The newspaper came and interviewed him, asking asking him if he thought we were... um, battle ready in case of an attack you know it was a Unreal. real thing and, and uh um and we're, the preparedness now of course the ridiculousness of it is knowing what we know about the nuclear stockpiling now and, and everything they could have wiped out the, the earth several times over and there was no nobody wins a war if someone pushes the button that was the barry mcguire uh, uh, line and eve of destruction. When the buttons push, there'll be no running away. And it, that was the truth. And that led to a lot of the 60s tension. And then the, my generation and the things that, that we didn't trust anybody because we saw all this stuff and it didn't seem like our leaders were able to protect us from any of that. So, so anyway, and by the way, when, when Cuba, uh, when, when Castro took over Cuba, um, he announced that they were, uh, a socialist government. And then in 1965, uh, just went ahead and called it communist. And that was when the Communist Party of Cuba 
was born oh, so, in 1965. Oh, interesting. So they just called yeah. themselves socialists first oh, yeah. and not communists. Oh, but then eventually they did call themselves communists. And we're going to talk about that because it's very interesting. The socialist squad, yeah. as you can yeah. imagine, they have just been standing strong for the human rights of the Cubans. They've been speaking against the totalitarian uh, regime there in Cuba. Oh, oh, wait, actually. Oh, oh, wait. They're, uh, they're, okay, but we'll, we'll get to that. Oh, wait, they're not? I thought the, they are so in favor of, of democracy and human. I thought they would have. Okay, no. So, And then the press secretary, our beloved White House press secretary, we are going to circle back and talk about her response oh to a question about that but uh any more any more before we do before we do that though any more history or anything else of note about the well, history that really of this could, regime that brought us up to uh at least castro's regime which was stood uh until just a few years back and um i remember a quote and i have searched trying to find it but i remember distinctly castro saying i support revolution anywhere on the planet except in Cuba. Yeah, exactly. Because now that I'm in power, we don't need revolution. Right, exactly. Which is how it always works. It is how it is how it always works, and that's the kind of garbage that we're seeing spewing from the mouths of our, our yeah. leaders day in and, quote, leaders day in and day out. And, and yeah. that, of course, is something we... Um, have to have to continually fight against if we want to if we want ourselves if we want our constitutional republic to not become a socialist and then oh five years later yeah we'll go ahead and call ourselves communists like what and like that's what that's here. that's the path we're headed on if there's not some severe correction taking place now I thought five years ago uh, maybe we were going to uh, turn around we had a leader that was not going to put up with that kind of stuff and. I, you know, uh, we should talk about the Donald uh, at some point tonight, but, uh, you know, he was going to go in and drain the swamp. And I think what he found out was it was way deeper than anyone. Yeah, the, the, the swamp drained him. Yeah. I mean, it's, and, uh, it's great. I don't say that happily at all, but man, it, I mean, it was the, the ultimate swamp of swamps rose up and stole an election from him i hope that doesn't get me to platform but if so well but that uh, that ended <laughs> up it, it is truly remarkable yeah. the swamp drained of all people how how that just shows you how deep and yeah, how and uh, how evil it is people. and powerful yeah absolutely powerful it is which by the way you know if if they stole the election in 2020 and we we chronicled that from the night before the election all the way through. And, and I think you and I, uh, like many Americans, are convinced that it was stolen. It was a bogus election. I, what is supposed to give me confidence that that won't happen again? Well, like what you're saying, there's going to have to be some type of massive correction. And I see a few ways that that, that could happen. Uh, in the natural. Now, of course, what we've talked about many times, we always All need right. to bring up is revival and the need for Absolutely. a move of yeah. God, because Christianity <clears throat> must become, I think I spoke about this last week on my World News Brief, Christianity must become the foundation of our nation if our nation is truly going to last as a constitutional republic. Well, uh, you know, it was, I was kind of stunned that night right. when, uh, you know, I, I sat up and watched the returns and I thought, okay, good, we got this one. And remember, we had a crosstalk right before the election, and I said, I'm not real confident, uh, you know, I'm not sure that he'll get the turnout 
And, and he did. I mean, what, 75 million votes? You know, that seems like enough to win an election. Yeah, you would think. Um, and and uh, so I went to bed thinking, OK, good. Uh, I, you know, I can sleep tonight. And I got up in the morning. And I thought, what happened? Yeah. You know, he, he won an election and then lost it overnight. And of course, we've been talking about that now for a year. But uh, so that happening it really shook my confidence in the system. Of course, we're having recounts and they're doing a the thing in Arizona right now. Well, and that's, um, and that's what I was going to say in terms of ways that we can fix this thing. If, mm-hmm. if the Arizona audit comes out and it looks like it is, I follow Patrick Byrne very closely. Yeah, I actually yeah. trust him uh, over other people that talk about election fraud. I think, I think he's pretty legit, yeah. but from what he's saying, from what others are saying, it's, just on the ground, the ground game, they mm-hmm. call they call the the audits the ground game, and then Mike Lindell's the air mar- air marshal, you know, going after the yeah. machines. But they think that uh, you know, if that shows conclusively somehow and clearly and in a major way that the election was stolen, it is going to trigger audits. Uh, they're even talking about audits yeah. here in Texas. Yeah, it's going the domino to domino effect. Yeah, the domino effect, a, a, a real deal domino effect that could end up uh and so and if that so there's that and then also if lindell truly has the goods on dominion smartmatic and those other machines he's doing a symposium august 10th through 12th where Mm. he is going to show invite the whole world to live stream and watch show how the election was stolen show the evidence invite the media invite tech gurus from all walks of life to come. It's not open to the public, but if you have a certain level of tech credentials, you can come of any political affiliation, all the media. And he believes, he believes he's going to show like without a doubt, the election was stolen and it'll go to the Supreme court and it'll be nine zero and the election will be overturned. I don't quite have the confidence in the results that Trump's going to be president by September 1st or something. But perhaps if, if you have this, Big combination, if, and it's a big if, if you have a big combination of these er- of these audits that are just spreading like wildfire, plus that, who knows? Who knows? Maybe, you know, we were praying a lot that God would part the Red Sea. Maybe he's going to part the Red Sea. He's just doing it in a different way. Maybe he actually wants to clean up our country first in multiple ways. And the constitu- yes, this yes. constitutional republic that he bless us with, and he founded that we're flushing down the toilet, maybe he's, um, uh, you know, maybe he wants to clean that up, and maybe he wants the system to run well and honestly. And Now, that's that's best-case scenario. It's also quite yeah. possible that it's not going to go that way, and we have to prepare ourselves either way for that. Um, but either way, I want God to move. I want him to clean up our nation. I want him to make our, our nation a true godly city on a hill. When I think of MAGA, I think make America godly again, because mm. that that is what is going to make America great again. It's not just going to be a set of political policies that are that are implemented. On my show last week, I, I talked about president number two and president number six, John Adams and John Quincy Adams, that just blatantly said that Christianity is the foundation of this country. And until we go back to that, we're not going to 
uh, you know, we're not going to be what what we need to be, and it, we're not going to be a free constitutional republic. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, and 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 I agree with everything you're saying there, uh, but just to to point out a couple of things, what I referenced earlier in Cuba, when that regime took over, they literally slaughtered anybody that was a threat. Yeah. Anyone that had been a dissenting voice was executed. And that's the pattern in most communist revolutions. It happened in, you know, the Bolshevik revolution happened in China. Uh, and and uh, um, we are not a communist nation yet. We're not even officially a socialist nation yet. But just those are the things you have to be careful of. Uh, the dissenting voices are silenced. And then as far as, you know, God uh, and his blessing on this nation, which I'm so grateful for, but, you know, you read the Old Testament, the history of Israel, and when Israel was in rebellion, uh, there was no guarantee that God would bless them. They spent generations in exile and, and uh, overrun by enemies and, and enslaved and uh, because they didn't always honor Jehovah God. And, and so I, it, what has to come first is that this country has to honor God for him, I think, to even consider putting his blessing on us. I don't know that we deserve it right now. Yeah, well, we don't. We most we most so. certainly do not, and we're deserving it less and less by the minute. Yeah. And it, it, especially with our—and we were, we were talking about this before the show, this, this idea of not living by lies, the, uh, the famous Alexander uh, Solzhenitsyn— essay yeah, yeah. encouraging his followers to live by the truth and you're you're yeah. and because that's what the communists do they they not only assassinate their political enemies which we've seen that we have seen that yeah. here in the u.s but just in the realm mostly of social media now i do believe the ashley babbitt murder was an assassination uh, and it looks like we actually know who did that the guy's name is is leaving me right now but um, but but they, I mean, in terms of what they did to the president, when you've got someone with 80 million followers on Twitter and yeah, so many yeah. followers on Facebook and you snuff them out, it's basically kind of like an assassination. Um, well, it is. And it is. It's a, it is a digital assassination. And let's right. just call it for what it is. That's what it is. And so so they they. So we see this pattern. It's been more in cyberspace. We have polit we have January 6th political prisoners right now rotting in DC jails. Some of them have been are in solitary confinement for 23 hours a day, literally torturing those who trespass the Capitol. Uh, I did see some good news that one of those guys was released today on on bail. But but it, it's amazing when someone like Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein's uh, yeah. Partner in crimes against humanity can get out on bail, but we have people that trespass the Capitol that are rotting yeah. away in prison. It is all the more and more showing that really what it is not, Jim, it is not overblown. It is not exaggeration to say we are seeing a blooming of a communist revolution here in the United States. Yeah, it, it's certainly uh, a totalitarian state. In, in those respects, and uh, there is not real justice. And, you know, and then I was celebrating every time Trump put a, a, appointed a justice to the bench in the Supreme Court. Uh. I thought, 
I thought that's okay. We're getting closer, but you know, they've disappointed me a bunch. Even the so-called conservatives have, have really lost their backbone. I, and I, I don't know. I speculate why. I don't know what is going on. It is truly strange. The most recent thing for me was the fact that florist in Washington who did not want to go against her faith, go against her beliefs in her business mm-hmm. when it came to same-sex weddings, that we could only get three justices that were willing to take that case. The two, weren't, that, the two quote, conservatives that were not willing to were Catholics, Kavanaugh, yeah. and yeah. ACB. We were thinking ACB I know. might be another Alito or Thomas, and yeah. she has just been a colossal disappointment. I mean, you could not get more disappointment in a modern day judge than Amy Coney Barrett. And you just go, what in the world is going on? Now I have to, there have been some good decisions that have come out and I'm not going to just dump. There have been, there have been some, but in a lot of these, especially when it comes to religious liberty, when it counts, especially when it comes to the LGBT radical, hateful, bigoted, intolerant agenda all the things that they call us, but they actually are, that uh, our justices won't stand up for us for religious liberty on something as basic as following the Bible. That's how you even further know yeah. what, what, yeah. we're, what we're dealing with in terms of, um, in terms of a, a political, a communist revolution. Now, it was strange. There was an 8-1 decision where this kid who was preaching the gospel on a campus in Georgia— the Supreme Court ruled in his favor that he was allowed yeah. to do that. And for some reason, John Roberts dissented, huh. just, <laughs> which Bob but, talks about all the time that, of course, yeah. he, he does that to show how to show how even handed the court is. But then you always go with the with the left. Yeah. But um, he, he's been the most disappointing for me personally. But, yeah. You know, uh, what's you know, what's funny about John Roberts and I. I was not really politically astute at all. I just kind of followed politics like everybody does back when John Roberts, I think in what, 2005, 2006 was being, um, uh, you know, was being uh, appointed as a possible Supreme Court justice. And I, you know, I saw the way they were treating him and I didn't like it. He was a Bush appointee. And of course, you know, everything George Bush did back then was great. And Iraq was great and all this. And I I learned not long (laughs) after that how, uh, to be very careful not to be influenced by the, the letter in front of the politician's name. Yeah. But <laughs> but I knew there was something in John Roberts back then. I remember telling my stepdad back then, like, there's something about him that I, I don't trust, that I don't mm. like. I, I saw it in him, and it wasn't long after that. It was 2008. Sarah Palin had been yeah. asked to be the, the running mate to John McCain. And yeah. if you can believe that, that's that's kind of the twilight zone right there. And I remember John Roberts going on, it was either CNN or MSNBC, John Roberts going on saying, well, I don't know, you know, with them having a, a, a special needs child in the home, I mean, how is she going to be vice president and take care of that special needs child? And I'm sitting there going, I was right. Yeah. Unfortunately, I was right. You yeah. goon, man. How do you do that? I'm sure he would have done that if it had been the same for a, 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 Demo- a Democrat a woman, poli- you know, vice president candidate. So it, it they have been. And what I've thought a lot about, Jim, is that 
We really, we cannot. I, I just want to speak to the audience right now and say, we cannot any longer depend on or even hope for the Supreme Court to overturn Roe versus Wade. Or the yeah, Supreme and, Court and I, to, yeah. to, uh, to, to stand up for our religious liberty. We have to do it. It's got to be a God thing. It's got to be a we the people thing. Because the Supreme Court, they are... Look, we have supposedly a 6-3 conservative court. and Supposedly, yeah. Yeah, supposedly. A 6-3 cons- Republican-appointed court. We'll say that. And we're not, we're not even going to be able to... We're gonna, are we going to get four justices to be willing to take a case? No way. No way. The Supreme Court, they're colossal failures. They are, they're not going to help us out there, and we need, we need a big, big, big plan B. And look, I get it. I did it, too. I was thinking, okay, hey, if we get enough Supreme Court, conservative Supreme Court justices, then maybe. Maybe, maybe we can do it, and that'll be the way God does it. But, and there's a people even prophesying prophesying mm-hmm. that the Supreme yeah. Court was going to overturn Rovers. Boy, yeah. 2020 yeah. exposed a lot of false prophets, brother. Uh, but that, yeah. that, that's a topic for another day. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it, it, it really is. Uh, if I hope we're not following the same people that predicted that Trump would win the 2020 election. I, I'm, I'm not anymore. Uh, I, I get concerned when people attach, thus saith the Lord, to their hopes or opinions. You know, I would love to see Roe v. Wade overturned. I work I'm very closely connected to a group here in San Antonio, the Justice Foundation. They're awesome people, and that's what they're fighting for. Um, but I'm very guarded. They get they got all excited when Trump was elected, and then then when he started appointing when 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 uh, yeah ACB got put on the, the the bench, they thought this is it. We're going to overturn the thing. And I just I have never no. wholeheartedly believed that that was going to happen. Yeah. It, uh, and I always and, and say, while I'll, we're on, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, uh, on that whole topic, and, and everyone should know that I am uh, pro-life. Uh, I, I believe that abortion is not only wrong, but, it, but it's a heinous crime uh, against humanity. It is um, a holocaust, if you will. Um, but I have said this when I spoke at pro-life meetings and rallies and different, different events, uh, to just go after abortion is tending to a symptom. And the disease is the rampant sensuality and uh, lasciviousness that is the run of the land. And the reason that uh, abortion, aside from being a big industry, but is it's birth control for people that want to live how they want to live and they want to have sex with whoever they want, but they don't want the responsibility of the child that will bear. And that's the root problem. It's also the problem with the the same sex uh, marriage and gay relationships. People want to live the way they want uh, and let sensuality dictate their life. And so they have to build in these protections so that they can have their life the way they want it. And so the root problem for both of those issues, which are the two hot buttons for conservative Christians, the root problem is that people want to live in sensuality and they don't want anybody telling them that they can't. It, by the way, it's also the root problem of the whole creation versus evolution thing. 
The reason people have a problem with creation and an intelligent design is because that means it's an intelligent designer. And that means now there's somebody bigger and smarter than me that I need to consider his wisdom on how to live. That's the issue. It's not science, it's morality. There you go. There's a, that's my well, soapbox. <laughs> well, well, no, and that brings me back to my soapbox, which is why it's yeah. important that Christianity be the yeah. the foundation of our nation, that faith yep. in Jesus Christ and the Scriptures, and the Scriptures being taught, the Ten Commandments being put back up in schools, whatever it takes. Now, they say, well, there's this great wall of separation between church and state, and the the reality is no there's not no there is not because there's a new as christianity has left the public yeah. schools there's a new god that has yeah. that has been put in its place and that is the god science yeah and that's that's what my uh, one of my recent podcasts was on follow the science and my punchline at the end was follow Jesus don't follow the science. Yes. But, uh, well and and in your podcast yeah. you go through the history of so many uh, so many things that the scientific community once believed yeah, that we later yeah. found out was wrong. So if you want to listen to to Jim's show, make sure to go go to cgmradio.com, uh, click on Since You Asked, and you can find it there, or you can just subscribe, just look up Since You Asked with Jim Barrier in your podcasting app. You can find it there. That'll give you the that'll give you the full show. But Jim, I don't know. Do you want to share maybe one or two things from that podcast that really well, stand out to you that science once believed? Like this was the oh, sure. this was the medical scientific establishment that if you disagreed with them remember what Fauci said recently folks if you yeah. disagree with me you're disagreeing with the science yeah um yeah. so uh, but th- th- these people c- who believed the things that Jim's about to say could have said the could have said the same thing well and yeah and in fact in the the, the middle ages in the early days uh, when science was just uh, becoming an entity, uh, people like um, uh, Copernicus and Galileo, they were persecuted by the church because, because they claimed that the earth revolved around the sun, not vice versa. And that was heresy in the church. And, uh, and in those days, the church wielded the power. Um, and yet both of those men were believers. Einstein was a believer. Uh, most of the prominent scientists through our history believed in God. Even, you know, this is a surprise to a lot of people, but uh, Darwin believed in God. Right. If you can find, it's very hard to find, if you can find original copies of his works, uh, he talks about these wonderful uh, creations that the, that the creator had such imagination to come up with these things. And, and, and the truth is, his stuff, he didn't believe what people think he believed. <laughs> you know, it's the Inigo Montoya thing. I do not think that word means what you think it means. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't mean atheism if you're referring to the, the guy that Darwinism yeah. is based off yeah. of. And, and one of the things, one of the fallacies in his thing, he believed that the way that, that the species uh, morphed was through genetics. And now that's been proven completely false. That isn't how. Uh, they, they come up with other excuses, but so even his uh, premises were not great. And, you know, early on, one of the things that led me to becoming a believer, I had a teacher that taught a course, it was really a philosophy class, but in high school, you can't call it that. Uh, so it was a world history class, but he taught a whole uh, 
quarter on logic and semantics. And so the thing is premise, premise, conclusion. Uh, if one of your premises is wrong, your conclusion is likely to be wrong. And so uh, a lot of those guys, were, science was, it, it's a learning thing. They're trying to figure things out. It's not authoritarian. And that, that's, that's where we departed. Now, if somebody says he's a scientist and this is what it is, uh, that's the authority. And you don't dare argue with it just the way it was with the church uh, back in uh, the Middle Ages. And so um, that's, that's a little snippet of that. The, the name of the podcast, if you want to look that up, is uh, Follow the Science. And, uh, and it goes into more detail. But there, there were many, many great scientists that believed in God. And there were many, many things that scientists believed back in the day that turned out to be false. And so they say, oh, we were wrong. And that's what I think some of the powers that be today are just, they have the inability to say that they might be wrong about something. And that's, that's part of what we're up against. Right. And Fauci will say, I guess, because... He'll say he was wrong about masks, or he he won't say he was yeah. wrong. He said there was updated, there was some updated information yeah. that something happened. Apparently, coronavirus was actually smaller than he originally thought, and actually, <laughs> uh, or bigger, and actually bigger than he originally thought, and actually can't go through the masks. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's it's really it's puzzling, except for the fact that I I think he's just simply lying about it because. The, the agenda became the agenda became about face masks but he, this guy has been studying coronaviruses and actually funding gain of function research in Wuhan on coronaviruses through his his proxy Echo Health Alliance uh, he's been doing that for a while now so he should be familiar enough with coronaviruses to know the size of them and to know that a surgical mask which is not made to keep viruses out out of right. your mouth and nose is not going to be, um, uh, you know, is not going to pr protect you. But then, of course, it's, well, it, it was a noble lie. I, 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 I lied about masks not working so people wouldn't buy them because we needed to preserve the N95. Okay, well, that's what noble lies are you telling right now, Dr. <coughs> Fauci? Uh, is it th the noble lie that this coronavirus is more than what it is because ultimately we're going to use it to take down a, an evil, racist, wicked, sitting president? You know, I mean, because if you, you could take noble lie and you could if you believe a communist revolution is what should happen, then you'll and you can use covid for that. Then you can do whatever you you know, then you can justify lying however you want. So it's yeah. uh, it's truly it's that's, truly remarkable. that's the concern. Well, we lost somewhere along the way. Well, I, I know where it was, but when when I started questioning that there's such thing as absolute truth. And this is what when we came into the postmodern era is what yeah. it will be known as historically that there isn't anything that's absolutely true. And I've had a, a couple of friends that say that to me, saying, well, nothing is absolute. And, and I'll say, you know, you realize you just made an absolute statement. Right. Nothing can be absolute. And it, that confuses them. But, um, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but Oh, wait, I just, I just made an absolute statement <laughs> yeah. when I said there fact, are no one absolute. Friend, and she was real smart. She said, I don't believe anything is absolute. I said, do you really believe that? She said, absolutely. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's a little bit of, uh, inconsistency or hypocrisy or just uh, it's just downright silly. Um, now on this whole thing with you know, and, and I, I've said on Bob's show a couple of times, you know, Faust has had so many flip flops 
that he could set up a stand on the beach and sell them. You know? yeah. <laughs> hey, you got plenty of flip-flops here. You want yeah, one, two, here, two yeah. for five dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but it, it's it's and I joke about it. Sometimes that's how I deal with pain. But uh, <laughs> sure, I'm concerned about a government that's threatening to go door to door. Well, and enforce citizens to take a drug that is experimental uh, and isn't FDA approved, by the way. Uh, I'm concerned about that. I'm required. I'm, I'm concerned about a government that's going to require me to have some sort of passport uh, to documentation to prove that I've been injected uh, by this experimental drug in order to get on a plane or to go into a business or attend an event, which is already happening in a lot of places. Uh, and that disturbs me greatly that they can do that without it having gone through any of the processes that our government normally is expected to go through to pass martial law or any you know wide span uh, judgments like that. They're, who's that going through? It, you know, who's deciding? Uh, that they're going to go door to door. Who's deciding whether I can get on a plane uh, or leave the country or go? So who who makes those rules and so, who yeah, are they accountable yeah, to? Yeah, some bureaucrat in D.C., uh, some unelected yeah. bureaucrat in D.C. It's it's the regulatory state. It's 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 yeah. legislation via regulation, and that's I remember that's a, a man before the last election saying, "If you have to pass executive decisions." In order to govern, you're a dictator. I remember somebody saying that, <laughs> and then he and then he turned around and passed like sixty of them in the first month. Oh, uh, it, oh, yeah. It was. Uh, I mean, it was like a Gatlin gun of yeah. Uh, uh, so, so those orders. things disturb me that that's going on. And there are voices, uh, you know, our our shows, and there are other there are some conservative voices out there, but uh, by and large, they're they're being snuffed out. And and you, if you get too uh, radical. Uh, on, on those things, then you're not on Twitter, you're not on Facebook or what, whatever, and you're certainly not going to be on mainstream media. Uh, NBC, CBS, CNN, none of those people are going to report any of these things or even address it. They're not going to talk about it. They're not going to mention that Trump's having thousands upon thousands of people show up at his rallies and he hasn't even officially announced his, his uh, running yet. Yeah, I and mean, he's he got a huge following. They aren't even going to talk about it. No, so in the recent C at CPAC in Texas, seventy percent mm -hmm. in the straw poll, he won seventy yeah. percent of the vote. He that's is a, strong, brother. That is unbelievable. That's unprecedented. Yeah, and, and that's what I still, I still, I guess, have this smidgen of hope that maybe God <laughs> is just up to something, you know, and maybe He's doing a work in our nation, and He's just not doing it in the way that we hoped He would. Uh, but uh, but again, I don't know. I'm not counting on it. I'm not. If God wants to part the Red Sea, He can. That that would be what it would take. Because even if you somehow got the Supreme Court to even look at the evidence for election fraud, which only two justices have ever been willing to do that, um, what who's to, I, I who's to yeah who's to say that that there would be any kind of decision in their favor? But I don't even know that they would take the case in the first place. Uh, so, but, but who knows? It's, it's bizarre. I, I still feel like there's something there with Trump. Yeah. I don't know what we really are living in 
Or, I mean, we're in the twilight zone, but the things that you've been talking about, the, the door-to-door, the, the forced yeah, vaccination yeah. of our... I'm, I am disgusted. I am disgusted about this forced vaccination of our military members that they're talking about in September. Yeah. This yeah. is... That is a crime. That is especially when people are dying and experiencing all kinds of adverse effects. And the the VAERS, the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System, is there are like more reports of deaths and injuries from the COVID vax quote vaccines than like the whole history of yeah. of va- vaccine injuries and deaths like combined versus like all those years versus this year. It's it's incre- it's incredible, and we're going to force that upon our military members. And I just, you know, I, I what happened to the battle cry, "My body, my choice"? What happened to that? Well, but but you see, Jim, it, it affects <laughs> with the COVID vaccine. It affects other people, and abortion doesn't. Well, I know I'm, you know, yeah, well, I mean, let's you're... see that. You know, OK, I mentioned the Justice Foundation and they have several different branches of their thing. And, and one is Operation Outcry. And they have a huge ministry to families because, you know, that fathers of aborted children go through trauma. Uh, the whole family goes through. It yeah. isn't just the young mother and, and the, yeah. some of the women, they're just they're besieged by guilt and shame after that. But not only them, but. But they're partners, and so it isn't uh, just one person. It affects a community. It does, uh, and, and it, it it's most certainly affects that unborn child who yeah. is brutally murdered in the most grotesque of ways. Yeah. And you're going to sit there, well, it's not a child. Uh, what is it? It's a fetus. Okay, well, uh, what kind of fetus is it? Yeah. You know, uh, uh, you know don't it, say it, the it, H it, word. Don't say the H <laughs> word. Yeah, it's yeah. a human Fetus. Yeah. yeah, it's a human. Sorry. Well, and just with that, with the one issue of abortion, then they use those terms. But then they do all kinds of it. I saw a show on PBS of all places, and it was about expectant mothers and how that unborn being, that child, recognized her voice, could hear music, was was cognizant of things outside of the mother's body. And, and yeah. when they're, when they're selling that particular program, they don't have any problem uh, referring to that baby as a human, as a baby. I know it, yeah. even in Hollywood, even the yeah. most rapidly pro abortion people, yeah. when it comes to movies, Oh, when's your baby do? Oh, da, well, every time. Yeah. yeah they're all, yeah. they always refer to it as a baby or in like a special, what you're talking about. We know what it is. And here's the thing, Jim, I read an article, several years ago, this is maybe four or five years ago, in Salon Magazine. Mm. And I think I've come to realize that maybe uh, the, the New York Times is what they're willing to say, but Salon, they, they're actually, there they're willing yeah. to say what they're actually thinking. And yeah. this article in Salon, I, my, my jaw hit the floor. This lady said, look, we know it's a child. We know yeah. it's a baby. We yeah. just don't believe that that baby has the same human rights as, or that that unborn child has the same human rights as those who were born. Dude, she just laid it out there. Salon yeah. Magazine. This is this is a big, and 
you know, I've been working on this master's degree and in this my technical writing book that I had to take for my master's degree, Salon Magazine was one of the ones that they touted as this intellectual and sophisticated and cosmopolitan and this amazing resource. And it, it's it's remarkable. They know. They know and they're willing to admit that it's a that it's a child, but and that's and that's the thing. Like, take take the latest case for example. Let's take minority rights for instance. We're experiencing some very interesting stuff going on politically here in Texas with our voter integrity bills. We just had a group of Democrats take a chartered plane to Washington D.C. Yeah, to escape yeah. to escape quorum, not have to do their job and and yeah. vote on on this bill. They should be punished, right? In my opinion, right? Oh <laughs> yeah, they they should be, and, and I think they should be detained definitely detained if not if not arrested but it's interesting they are they say that they're against this voting bill here, here in Texas because of minority rights but then they fly out to DC where the republicans are in the minority and they want to get rid of things like the filibuster yeah. they want to you know yeah. to to protect minority rights and and that's the thing that i try to remind my listeners over and over again is that it's it's hypocrisy all day it's contradiction all day constantly, yeah. it, it's it's constantly but the but the thing is is they know it is and they don't care they that, don't care because it, they have to further the, the agenda. line because it's all about yeah. furthering the agenda so when i hear conservatives say oh you know they get all they get all jazzed up this doesn't make any sense this is ridiculous how can they say that like guys they're lying they don't care yeah. that it's inconsistent they know that it's inconsistent you have got to lie to the american people especially in a place in a country as amazing as america you have to lie to them if you want them to be willing to hate what they have and accept what you're trying to sell them. And that's, that's ultimately yeah. what's going on. And dishonest politicians uh, have been around as long as there have been politicians. Well, good point. Uh, you know, and, and I remember it not that far back. I remember a particular president pounding his fist on the podium saying, I did not have sex with that woman. Look in the camera right now and, and lying to America bold face yeah and uh, you know and he didn't have a problem doing that uh, and that was the president it's lying it's a just flat out to, you know yeah so flat now, there's nothing new about that it just but it's become epidemic now we probably should mention a few we started off with cuba and then we hit a bunch yeah. of rabbit trails and <laughs> and i did want there were a few things on cuba that i did want to to talk about oh, oh okay one, one of those is uh, and I mentioned them both earlier. One of those is the squad. The yeah. I call them the jihad. I first I called them the the suicide squad, and yeah. then uh, Marjorie Taylor, which is an insult to comic characters everywhere. Yeah, it really is. I'm really sorry to the creators of Suicide Squad. Uh, uh, I heard Ben Shapiro refer to them as that, and then I heard Marjorie Taylor Greene refer to them as the Jihad Squad, and I'm like, ah. Uh. Now we're getting somewhere. I've also heard them referred to as the Hamas wing of the Democrat Party. And so this was a story out of justthenews.com. It's up at cgm.news right now. And it's that squad of lawmakers mum on Cuban protests as communist right. regime slams demonstrators. And I don't need to go into all the article, but essentially they're just not saying anything at all yeah. about what's yeah. going on in Cuba. So now that was the 13th. As we're recording this, today is the 14th, just before the show. 
I went on to Ilhan Omar's, Cortez's, and Rashida Tlaib's Twitter, and yeah. nothing. They no are mom on boy. Rashida Tlaib, she spent plenty of time talking about how Israel was an apartheid state, but nothing yeah. on Cuba, uh, at least yeah. on their Twitter. I mean, maybe they've said something somewhere else, but Twitter is typically the place where they put out their opinions on stuff. And if there's anywhere where they're going to defend the rights of the people to protest and, and for freedom and democracy and... Um, but I think it's, you know, it's one thing to just get upset at them and angry at them and how awful they are and all that. And all, all those things may be valid. I think it should be instructive. And by the way, I went on their Twitter feeds, so you all didn't have to. And it's not, <laughs> thank you very much. It's not Too a fun for the team. <laughs> yeah, it's not a fun experience. Um, but I just, I just had to know, did they, uh, you know, because I just I just wanted some journalistic integrity before, because since this was yeah. was printed yesterday, but um, uh, it really is instructive on what we are dealing with. When they call themselves socialists, they really, really are socialists, and they are wanting full bore Marxism and eventually communism. I'm just going to say one more one more thing on that, Jim, and, and let you re- yeah. and let you respond okay. um, on the communism specifically. Oh, so this was also this was on uh, the Daily Wire. Um, she, uh, Jen Psaki, our, our, I said we're going to circle back. Yeah. We're going to circle back to Jen Psaki. Um, she was asked point blank, "Do you think people are leaving Cuba because they don't like communism?" And she responded, "I think we've been pretty clear." that we think people are leaving Cuba or not leaving Cuba or protesting in the streets as well because they are opposed to the oppression, to the mismanagement of the government in the country. And we certainly support their right to protest. We support their efforts to speak out against their treatment in Cuba. And, and then she goes on, um, but nothing against communism. No. Nothing specifically against communism. And, yeah. and it reminds me of a Reagan biography that I read recently when he was he was speaking uh, this was before he was anything uh, other than an actor and an activist he was speaking at this event in beverly hills at like this hotel in beverly hills or somewhere in california Mm -hmm. and he spoke out against uh fascism and everybody was loving it and then he spoke out against communism and people were like "Whoa, whoa, whoa wait I liked it when you spoke out against fascism, but when you spoke mm-hmm. out against communism. So this is like the 1950s in California with yeah. uh, and it just goes, wow, there really is this strain of not willing to condemn communism, which you don't get any more yeah. antithetical to the American system than yeah. than communism. So that I just I these things are instructive. I think we don't need to give in to fear. We don't need to no. to worry at all. I'm not worried at all. I'm not fearful at all. Um, as as Ronald Reagan said, he said, "I'm not afraid of what lies ahead," and I don't think the American people are afraid of what lies ahead. You know, yeah, um, yeah. and uh, but I think they're instructive for helping us understand what we're dealing with. And that we have to learn from these things. And as far as the squad, and I would like to also include uh, the border czar, our current vice president. Uh, oh goodness! And they've all—they've all been, you know, so sympathetic to the poor refugees trying to come from Venezuela and wherever else to get into this country. Oh, here we go! Uh, and give them, and well, let's bring the Cubans in. 
Let every Cuban. Well, so we'll pay your way. Come on over. Well, of course, uh, Jim. Aren't they? Aren't they in favor of the Cubans just flooding in? Right? Aren't they? I, apparently not. Wait, what? Wait, they're not in favor of the Cubans just rushing in? I thought. Apparently not. I don't yeah. know. And and personally, I like Florida because uh, <laughs> there's there's well, they have a strong uh, now, now, community now, now, of well, Cuban refugees down there. Yeah, they do. Well, and and the, here's the thing, Jim. I heard a clip of DHS Secretary Mayorkas today. Yeah. Talking about Cubans coming to America, fleeing to America, yeah. and uh, he he was he sounded like Donald Trump or something like that when it comes to the southern border. Yeah, he he was very firm, very serious, very austere, and just mm. basically said, "Do not come. Do not risk your lives. Do not come." He was almost like. You could almost sense, and I couldn't see him. I only heard the clip in, in anger, like a, a very small amount, like you better not come or, or, or else kind of thing. And it and if they say, oh, well, it's because it's so dangerous. Oh, uh, excuse me? You think coming up through the Darien Gap in, yeah, in yeah. South America and, and kids being trafficked, kids being raped, kids being yeah. kidnapped— uh, kids being left parentless because their parents die along the way. I, I mean, you're, really? You're going to use that argument when they're like dying and being murdered and raped on the way up here? No, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, but that's that's what they that's what they do. And we know why. We know why maybe they don't want Cubans to maybe come. Maybe he's afraid that they were going to go all the way to Chicago and then their lives would be in danger yeah. just walking down the street. <laughs> oh man, trust me. If you come... If you come, don't go to Chicago or New York, okay? Yeah. yeah. Um, but we know oh, why man. we know why Mayorkas doesn't want Cubans coming. It's because Cubans are anti-socialists and they vote overwhelmingly yeah. Republican. Yeah. That's why that's one of the reasons why Florida is so red, and it's because yeah. of now I because of the the Cuban population. Now I think. Jim and I both agree. Neither of us are in favor of illegal immigration, whether it's from Cuba, whether it's the southern border. Border, but there is a way to there is a way to immigrate here correctly Absolutely. and and, and according to our laws, and that that's what needs to be done. But but yeah, it was it's extremely telling, and again shows you. Yes, it doesn't make any sense. Yes, it's contradictory, but it's a communist revolution, an attempted one at least, and they lie and have. Look, all politicians are going to be inconsistent and imperfect, but this is just, it's blaring. Yeah. It, it really is just, and every day, it's just blaring more and more and more. You see the consistent hypocrisy and inconsistency, but it's its part of just, it's part of the gig. It's part of what they're trying to do. Yeah, it's part of what, what we're up against right now. And and I never want to rob you of your hope. And I know you you still have hope. and And I do too. Um, but as we've said many, many times now, um, for me, my hope has to be uh, in the King of Kings Amen. and the Lord of all creation. Yeah. Now, I also believe, uh, and Bob and I go round and round about some of these things, but I see very clearly in the scriptures, especially in the Old Testament, where there's so many uh, centuries of history recorded, God is very interactive. He's very patient. Uh, he will work through people, but they have to do it on his terms. And so we're back to what you were saying. This, this originally, whether people want to admit it or not, I've been to Washington, D.C. so many times, and I've read the thing. Go to, 
The Jefferson Memorial, Jefferson, the so-called theist or deist or whatever they want to call him, you read the the plaques of quotes that he made, he sounded like an evangelical preacher. You know, these men were not atheists. They just, you know, he didn't believe in in the Trinity the way most evangelicals did. That was really the big deal. But uh, uh, these men, you're familiar with David Barton, I'm sure. Oh, yes. And and, uh, I did a tour with him. I went on a pastor's thing and he led a tour uh, through the Capitol Rotunda, and it was just mind-boggling the things that he pointed out. It was kind of like the opposite of that. Uh, what was the Tom Hanks movie about the all the uh, um, uh, Da Vinci the Da Vinci Code? Oh, oh, right. And all the hidden things he does that, but it's a perspective that's showing all of the Christian symbols and mm. all of the influences in the government when it was established. Do you know that they had church? In the Capitol building, yeah, and and yeah. Uh, and then the paintings. There are eight giant paintings that's, that uh, uh, line the walls of the rotunda, and six of the eight are religious scenes. They're baptisms, they're Bible studies. They're you know, it's an amazing thing that the country is absolutely founded uh, on the principles of the Creator and of the truths that are in the Scriptures. And you just you have to be in such denial uh, to not see that if you really do your homework. Yeah, so, yeah. or if these guys see it, but they have an agenda, so they twist it, yeah, and they yeah. lie about and, it. Because and, yeah. so they want a secular So we need to get state. back to those things. Those things need to be what determine uh, our decision-making. Uh, there needs to be a conscience. There needs to be uh, the presence of the spirit of God alive yeah. in, in our leadership. And I think there are some, I know that there are, there are some people that are elected officials that are in DC that are, that are serious, hardcore believers and they stand their ground, but they're vastly outnumbered right now. They so are. we need a sweeping move of God. Uh, and the old Testament is full of these types of, of incidents where despite what the people are doing, I, I, one of my recent podcasts, I told the story about Mount Carmel and Elijah was up there and he challenges the prophets of Baal and, and the government in his day was corrupt and they, they were worshiping false gods, the Baals and, and, and he took them on and one man took on the whole system. And, and uh, uh, so we need prophetic voices. We need, we need people who will stand by the truths that have never changed uh, you know, and I, I'm becoming, I feel like I'm a dinosaur uh, in some ways. I'm more and more and more becoming a minority, not uh, despite the fact that I'm a white male, that makes me a minority. Well, now, but, uh, <laughs> but, but the fact that I, I believe the scriptures, I believe the Bible. Yeah. And I've done my homework. Um, okay. Right, right behind me. See that big, see that bookcase, the, that library? I see it. I wish I wish the listeners yeah. could see it. But yes, you've got quite the library sure, behind you. Uh, well, it's it's almost all references and studies about the scriptures. I've done my homework. I don't have to be convinced anymore whether the Bible is true or real or valid. I, I believe it. And so I have to base everything I'm doing, saying, and, and, uh, and living and telling others on that solid rock. Yeah. Amen. Well, I don't, I don't think we could end this any better than that. And we've uh, gone over an hour. Unless there's something else 
you want to add, but that that really is, and I, I hope that we can as a nation. I think, you know, you were talking about feeling like a minority. I I follow several channels on Telegram, and there's this one MAGA, uh, very MAGA, pro-Trump channel on Telegram mm-hmm. that I follow. And when that decision was made in Pennsylvania in favor of that Catholic uh, uh, adoption agency, a uh, decision was made by the Supreme Court. I, like, And that's what's crazy. That's why the Supreme Court just seems so schizophrenic. Uh, because, yeah, yeah. because it was almost like it was like a nine zero decision in favor of that Catholic adoption agency being able to run and not uh, give kids to same sex couples. This particular MAGA guy, I think it's Maximus Forever, is the is his handle something like that. He was um he was upset. He was he was basically calling it. I don't know if he called it homophobic. I don't want to put words in his mouth. But he was very upset at the Supreme Court decision on that. And yeah. I, it just makes you step back and go, yes, make America great again. But that's not going to happen until we first make America godly again. And, and I was trying to think of the person. You probably know as a French uh, philosopher back when America was very young. And he said, America is good because of, or America is great because America is good. Yes. And, uh, and yes, I've and, seen uh, that before. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, the point being that there was there was morality and there was a base at the heart of America and why she did the things that she did. And that's what produced her greatness. Hmm. Uh, and but that was that was over 200 years ago. So, yeah, I need ho- to get. Yeah. Hopefully more people are waking up to that now and, and people like us. So really, it's up. make America good again. Then she can become great again. Yes. Absolutely. That's that's that. what it's going to take. And we found that this whole kind of neo-20th century secular liberalism doesn't do it. What it results right. in, what it results in is no foundational morality or even a foundation for truth, where you can say at one second that I'm a boy, and then another second I'm a girl, and another second I'm a Zerzerzaza, and it's all <laughs> perfectly legitimate. And within, quote, science, because the God science says so. And we have to be, we we just have to go, no, I'm not going to bow the knee to science. Uh, And I'm not even sure that that science as a whole would buy into all that, because you talk to any biologist, and they're just going to look at the genes and the chromosomes and go, okay, you got two choices here. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, or or these, or the idea that men can have periods and men can uh, chest feed oh. and men can get pregnant, and it's and that that's one of just a slew of of many many things where you go when you've removed any kind of philosophical, spiritual foundation from like foundational morality and truths, really, because you don't re- you don't have morality without God. Um, a foundational belief system, then you have, then it's just anything goes. And and you're at the point now where you have uh, prisoners, male prisoners saying, I'm a woman in California and being transferred to women's prisons. You have, yeah. you have pedophilia that's being normalized. You know, pedophiles are people too. 
Uh, yeah, Adolf- I remember saying that. I remember being laughed at when 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 all of this started decades ago. And I said, you know, it's just the next step is then saying, you know, well, my orientation is towards children. Right. And yeah. I said, well, no, no, that could never happen, and and that would be wrong. Well, if you throw out the book for right and wrong, then then how do you determine? that that's wrong yeah. and we're seeing it we're yeah. already seeing and, it and we need a book and that book is god's book and that's what made america great initially and it's what will make us great not his book but his spirit through his truth yeah. through yeah. the blood of jesus that will that will do it okay jim this has hey, been man. amazing uh, i guess it turns out we don't need one or two other hosts to oh, fill oh, up oh, yeah <laughs> we, but we welcome them Yes, we do. We do. To, to fill up over an hour. Gosh, it's so easy to do, and it goes by so yeah, quick, and you don't even get to everything you want to, you want to get to. So so thanks, for Jim. Uh, thanks, oh, Jim, for joining it. us. Um, and thank you so much uh, to the listeners for tuning in for this episode. A little bit overdue, right, Pastor? Um, yeah. yeah uh, a couple months overdue. I don't remember the last time we did one of these. But uh, So thank you guys so much for t- tuning in to this episode of Crosstalk. Remember, visit cgmradio.com and uh, to subscribe to our shows, the Bob Siegel Show, World News Brief, Jim's Since You Asked, and also Faith, Reason, Culture is going pretty strong, so be sure to check those out. And also, uh, you can email us, crosstalk at cgmradio.com, crosstalk at cgmradio.com for any uh, questions, comments, uh, criticisms, whatever you'd like, uh, email us there. And of course, cgm.news for the latest breaking news. God bless. We'll see you next time.